0: Hawks win in an overtime thriller at State Farm Arena over Philadelphia, 139-132. welcome to the sports ethos atlanta hawks podcast i am your host tim ogles and as always i'm joined by my co-host mikey kabrinsky where we talk everything hawks let's go mikey a great win for the hawks um You know, another overtime, back-to-back overtime games. Um, But the Hawks closed this one out on the defensive end uh, with two big blocks late in this game. You know, that's something for the Hawks. We haven't been able to say much as of lately. And, you know, it it was quite refreshing to see. Um, What are are some takeaways you got from this game?
1: Yeah, my number one takeaway, I think the Hawks shot a season-high 42 free throws tonight. And that stems, obviously, Philadelphia without Joel Embiid. But the Hawks saw that and definitely took advantage. You know, you have Trey Young going 12 of 14 from the line, Jalen Johnson hitting all six of his free throws, Okonwu 5 of 5, DeJounte 4 of 4, Bruno took nine free throws and only hit two of them. But but these guys having a knack for or a natural ability to want to attack without that elite shot blocker there in Embiid, that was really nice to see. And then in the fourth quarter – Uh, The execution was really good on both sides. Offensively, I thought even with two, three minutes to go, we've seen this team slow down a lot. Tonight, that wasn't the case. They got the rebound. They kept going, trying to score on on the offensive end, not taking too much time off the clock. And on defense, like you mentioned, a couple of uh, key blocks down the stretch. And they made life tough on uh, Tyrese Maxey to try and close this game out
0: yeah and something that has to be brought up before we get into this game is the inactives um joelle and missed this game wesley matthews uh, clint capella and deandre hunter we did get a injury update on DeAndre Hunter, and he is starting individual workouts and it says that they will update his timeline accordingly. So they're getting ready for him to ramp up and hopefully be back into the lineup soon. And I think this is a good time for, you know, the Hawks to get a little bit of defensive relief.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Regardless of what you think about DeAndre Hunter, he's a great defensive organizer, especially on that back line. And the Hawks need all the defensive help they can get uh, as they head into a stretch where hopefully they can generate some momentum uh, from this win. As we go in here into the first quarter, uh, Onyeka Kong really had an impact on this game early. Trey Young found him, uh, and I want to highlight Trey for a second here because for the first six minutes of this game, he already had four assists. The playmaking on display—it it, was—he was putting on a clinic, and it was seven to three Hawks early. They were getting to the rim easy. And Onyeka Kong was the beneficiary beneficiary of three of those passes.
0: Yeah, and something that I loved seeing in the first was the ball movement. I felt like, um, you know, for the Hawks, sometimes the ball movement can get pretty stagnant where the ball sticks to one side of the floor or maybe it's maybe in Trey's hands a little too much as sometimes. And I felt like, you know, there was good ball movement. Sadiq had a good jam. I mean, It was one of those things where uh, I always say I want to see the Hawks move the ball, move the ball, move the ball, because they always find open shots when they move the ball, and they were doing a good job in the first.
1: Yeah, Akangwu had nine of the first 13 points for the Hawks, and when the Sixers took a 17-16 lead, Akangwu, DeJounte Murray, and like you mentioned that, a Sadiq Bay dunk, that accounted for all the Hawks scoring. So really those three guys carrying – uh, the load offensive, well, really, a and Murray, and then you know, Sadiq had that dunk, but those two guys really carrying the offensive load to start the game. As Trey kind of didn't find his shot early, he kept he, kept, he got going a little bit later or in the second half, but not not wasn't the best Trey game as far as like do, do, dominating uh at that point guard play tonight,
0: yeah. And this game we got early, uh, Patty Mills minutes, um, you know. Something that was really interesting about the Patty Mills minutes is I felt like he was brought in just to irritate Tyrese Maxey uh, on the defensive end. Um I felt like, you know, he, he was pretty okay in his minutes. But uh, as the game goes further along, Trent Forrest, uh, we've brought his name up a few times. Um I think that he is earning more and more minutes as time goes along. Um, at that point in the game, it was 30-26 Hawks. And, you know, uh, Elena in, in this game, you know, we talk about not giving up 30 points, and, and, you know, we brought up Bob uh, Rathburn in the broadcast, you know, talking about, you know, in the modern NBA, if you could hold a team to 30, it's a pretty good defensive quarter. And, you know, I, th- I thought the Hawks in, in this game defensively were, were, was playing pretty well.
1: Yeah, I think uh, another thing about these early Patty Mills minutes, it gives Tyrese Maxey a different look. Uh, you've got DeJounte guarding him most of the game, and DeJounte's – Kind of that that lengthy defender. I don't think Dejounte did a particularly good job of guarding Maxi, but he he differs from Trent Forrest's defense, which you know Forrest is uh, he's not as quick as Dejounte, but he's a little bit bigger. He he's better at just staying in front of his man more. And then you've got a different look in Patty Mills, smaller guy, a pesky guy. He's going to try and take Maxi from full court and try to just bother him for ninety four feet. So I think that Quinn Snyder wanted to throw different looks at Tyrese Maxey early in this game to just try to keep him out of rhythm. Um, I didn't expect it for Patty Mills minutes, but but it, I think that was the reason why you saw it. And after one quarter, the Hawks ended up uh, leading 34 to 31, and Onyeka will finished the first quarter with already 11 points.
0: Yeah, and I felt like O.O. in that first quarter was dominant. Like um, when it came to rebounds and when it came to, you know, putting the ball in the basket, I, I felt like he he really had a uh, dominant first quarter. Um, you know, moving on to the second, um, Marquise Morris. Um, I-, I felt like, you know, Man, it's one of those guys that come in and end up torching the Hawks. I think he had three threes uh, in the second. Like, man, it's just one of those. We always talk about how that random role player goes off on the Hawks. This was his night, I guess, to go off on the Hawks.
1: Yeah, and it came when the Hawks brought in Bruno to be at center. Nick Nurse went small and brought in Marcus Morris. Now – it worked out more for them because he you know he, he, like you said he had three threes in the second including back to back threes and bruno just did not want to get out to the three point line to contest um, that was a, obviously a bad matchup for bruno on the offense on the defensive end with morris's speed and his ability to stretch the floor uh, not and bruno not being used to being out on the perimeter i think they countered the hawks countered could have countered with more with more post play finding Bruno in the post against Morris because uh, that 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 is an o- overmatched mismatch for, for Bruno. He should be able to take him to the post against Morris every time. They didn't find that and this is I think it was a detriment to the Hawks as they got down 48 to 41 uh when the Sixers took the lead early in the second quarter.
0: Yeah, and at that point too uh Tyrese Maxey was uh finding the turbo button and, and he was getting to the rim at will. And you know, something we've talked about is You know forcing guys out of the middle of the floor and i felt like you know with maxi he was getting to the middle of the floor and and getting to the rim at will and when when guys are doing that it's never good for the defensive end of the floor um you know even whenever he was getting to the rim he was creating contact Uh, at that point you know it was 58 54. And then the Hawks go on a massive run with uh, Trey and DJ both hitting threes, end up being a 17 to 6 run for the Hawks.
1: Yeah, you mentioned Maxi. I think the biggest thing for him, his greatest strength is just his burst. He's able to get downhill so fast off the catch and even off the dribble when he's already uh, started it. So he dribbles into guys. Backpedaling, and that's going to be a foul every time on the defender. So he creates a lot of foul trouble uh for for your guys down low. But you know, it kind of in a in a revenge moment a little bit there. He he got a taste of his own medicine. He was in foul trouble tonight and eventually got fouled out of this game uh, late late in the late in the contest. But unfortunately, the Hawks ended the second quarter on a bad note. There was really nothing going. Trey had two bad turnovers, uh, travel, and then also try to skip past to the corner uh, that was stolen by Patrick Beverly. It it was one of those things where Quinn Snyder is always talking about closing quarters and opening quarters. Well, they didn't do a good
0: job here closing out halftime. And and also something I wanted to bring up is um, Philly makes a a basket and Trey – gets a gets a delay of the game call one of the weirdest things ever and then a- after that happens trey ends up getting a tech and like uh the re the referee in 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 this game was um pretty pretty uh bad if i'm just being honest uh and not not for either team either like I just felt like it was a poorly officiated game um it was one of those things Tobias Harris ended up getting a t in this game it, it was really weird how you know the game went along but I felt like a, as the game got further in the third and fourth the whistles kind of tightened up a little bit and you know kind of planed out but like, I don't know, maybe I want to see Quinn Quinn Snyder go out there and, and get a tee for Trey at, at those mm-hmm. moments because, like, I know Trey has always been, like, somewhat of a chippy guy and he likes to mouth off to the refs every once in a while. But, you know, when your guy's getting pummeled on the floor for a whole first half and is barely getting a whistle – um yeah I'd like to see coach Quinn kind of step up right there and maybe get a tee for his guy
1: yeah I agree uh something for the Hawks that was shocking to me there, there was not a lot of Jalen Johnson short roll pick pick and roll with Trey Young in this game now Jalen and we'll get into the player by stuff player by player later obviously but and he was dominant in this game after the first quarter he, he didn't really have that much of an impact in the first quarter I believe but after that he, he said, everyone get out of my way. You know, this is, this, this is my game. I'm going to dominate this game in so many different areas. And he did that while not really being a focus of the offense. And something I think that he's maturing and, and developing is how to how can he get his offense other than just catching the ball and going to the rim, When we, which we know he can do. But knowing when to do that and knowing how to do that, the, the right situations, I think uh, for Jalen is going to be a huge next step. Uh, so – you know without having that short roll that he's really effective on he was still able to maintain his his impact on the game throughout the entire night after that first quarter
0: yeah, and, you know, we'll uh, move on into the third. Um, I felt like in the third, the Hawks still came out a little bit flat. And we talked about the third quarter kind of being one of those quarters where the Hawks just really struggle offensively, defensively, and it's kind of where they build their holes a little bit. And and coming, you know, out into the third, I felt like they were a little flat. Um, Philly got out to – a um, 71 to 65 and you know at that point you know jalen johnson starts making his impact felt and you know one thing that hurt the hawks also is sadiq bay sadiq bay goes down um where it looks like he turned an ankle he ended up back behind the goal somehow laying on the ground the hawks ended up having to use a take foul to get somebody over there to help him. The NBA has got to come up with a way to change some kind of rule for that because, like, when you have a god go down, like there should be some kind of exception to that rule or something.
1: Yeah, it was weird because, well, the 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 take foul, the official rule for it is a transition take foul. Now, the 76ers, I believe the Hawks scored on that possession. The 76ers were not in transition. They were a complete half court, you know, walking up the ball with Maxi. Trey takes the foul and they still get a free throw. Now Maxi missed missed the free throw, and then Trey, Trey was clapping his hands. It was almost like a you know a ball don't lie type of moment there. But uh for, for Sadiq, it looked a lot worse than it was, uh, to be honest. I thought when he was down, he was down for a good two two minutes or so, uh, but ended up staying in the game. And bogey actually quinn, quinn got bogey to check out check in off the bench. And when Sadiq Bey was walking back toward the bench, they high-fived. But Bogey never came to the game, so it was good to see Sadiq uh, stay in the game there. And hopefully, you know, we'll pro- we'll probably see him on the injury report for Friday's game. Um, probably with a probable tag is, is as long as he's had not had a step back setback and was okay to continue in this game.
0: Yeah, it seemed like uh, I know uh, back in my uh, younger days, you just tighten up the sneakers and wait for the swelling to happen after the game. Uh, that's normally the way that works. Um, but moving on, the Hawks challenge of play uh, where um, Maxie is driving to the rim and Trey Young swipes down on the ball, hits all ball. They call a foul on Trey but the issue with this challenge is the after part um so because Quinn Snyder got the challenge perfect but the after part is Maxi lays the ball up in continuation um it hits off the backboard then Annyaco a Congo blocks it so um they get the challenge correct for Trey Young but unfortunately Philly still gets the basket due to goaltending on a continuation a uh, really unfortunate situation for the hawks there
1: yeah it was weird because when they first called that foul they had called it not a continuation foul and they they didn't call it a goaltending on, on a, a kangoo but when they went to replay it was almost like oh i missed two things here there there was a continuation and there was a goaltend so yeah the hawks won the challenge a, a, in a vacuum but fortunately unfortunately it still ended ended up being two points for the Sixers on that possession. Uh, towards the, in the middle of the third quarter, Tim, I felt it, I felt like there was a lot of miscommunication in the half court. The Hawks weren't getting hurt on backdoor cuts a lot, particularly Morris. I thought Jalen Johnson also uh, didn't have the best third quarter defensively on the back line.
0: Yeah, DeJounte Murray got burnt on yeah, two yeah, two backdoor cuts. I mean, both of them were good cuts by Oubre and Tobias, but it was zero resistance. DeJounte just asleep. I, I don't get it. I don't know why this team just ignores the guy that that's behind them. Uh, I uh, maybe it's a little too much ball watching where, yeah, I'm you, sure. yeah, you, you got to be watching your guy. And, you know, he got burnt back-to-back possessions watching the ball. Uh, uh, man, I was frustrated.
1: Yeah, those are always, those are always frustrating to watch as a fan for sure. Uh, the Sixers had a 83-79 lead here. But then well, later in the third quarter, DeJounte Murray got cooking. He had a four-point play and then followed that up on the next offensive possession with an and one. And then, you know, Jalen Johnson continued to make his impact felt everywhere. Uh, he was stuffing the stats. as we'll, you know, go by his uh, player by player later. But the Hawks ended the third quarter, making this just the 98 to 95 Sixers lead. So they had a chance heading into the fourth.
0: Yeah. I felt like the Hawks were in prime position to make a, a good run and maybe close this game out. Um, but something that I wanted to, you know, bring up is I felt like the Hawks' rotations in this game, you know, definitely late were, were really crisp until probably late in the fourth quarter. I felt like, you know, maybe we did the Hawks didn't take advantage of the um, mismatches they could have found um, with Sadiq Bey being on the floor. But luckily for Sadiq Bey being on the floor, he, he, uh, he, he as we'll talk about later, he ends up probably saving the game for the Hawks.
1: Yeah. The Hawks in the in the fourth quarter, they took a 102-98 lead after being down to start the quarter. And this was largely due to Trent Forrest. He had he had a couple plays on defense, they ignited two fast breaks. The Hawks took advantage of those back-to-back buckets. And after that, I thought Nick Nurse was going to call a timeout. They didn't. But what, what did stall a little bit of the momentum was uh, the Sixers, they come down. There's a questionable foul called on Trent. And this at this point, the, the crowd is rocking. And it, it kind of was just a little bit of a, moment, a momentum stopper, if you say. Because, like Tim, you always bring up how Trey, in many of these situations, will calm the crowd down. If he's on the road, draw a foul. You know, kind of kind of let it, let the game calm down for a little bit for the Hawks. But it looked like Maxie kind of did that uh, for the 76ers a little taste of uh, Trey's own medicine there.
0: Yeah, he he, sl- he definitely slowed down the pace of the game because it felt like the momentum was going with the Hawks. Um, they were getting stops defensively. Um, Trey Forrest, uh, man, I, I I don't know how um, Quinn Snyder um, can deny him any minutes as of right now, just the way the rotation's set up. Yeah. Um, he's playing phenomenal defense, uh, offensively, uh, he had one nasty crossover in this game that, uh, ended up with a floater. Um, you know, for, for me, like I don't expect much offense from Trent Forrest, but when you see it, uh, I'll, I'll greatly accept it.
1: Yeah. That, that crossover was, was nasty for sure. it definitely shocked me. Uh, but like, like you said, He's been playing great in his in his minutes that he's getting. And he's really the only guy that you can consistently depend on the Hawks to to be an above average point of attack defender.
0: Yeah, Uh, I mean, for for me, like the the Hawks have always been a great offensive team with Trey Young, Um, you know. The, the defensive side has always been the problem for the Hawks. And I think he solves a little bit of that defensive problem whenever he's out there with Trey.
1: Yeah, because he, he had size as well at the guard position. Um, at, The Hawks took, uh, with about four minutes left, they took about a 115-110 lead, and they were getting the rebound and running, like I said in, in my opening comments. That was encouraging to see after, you know, slowing down the offense to a halt in the fourth quarter, leading a lot to just some bad shots and rush shots at the end
0: of the shot clock. Yeah, and then probably one of the weirdest possessions of the game. For sure. Um, yeah, so the Sixers, Maxi goes in for a layup, uh, gets blocked off the backboard by Jalen Johnson, and then you have um, – who was it? Who's their center?
1: Tobias came in.
0: Oh, it was Tobias Harris. Uh, puts it back. Another layup, breaks it wide and open, it, wide open. And then Maxi comes back around, loops up under the goal, grabs the rebound, ends up missing another um layup. Uh, and it's one of the weirdest things ever. They ended up getting a foul call, but like it's just awkward. And that also explains the Hawks are, are still having issues every once in a while rebounding the basketball.
1: Yeah, there was it was two wide open layups. Maxi's first one, um, what wasn't as wide open. He'll say he probably should have made it, but Tobias Harris layup uh, after it was a two on one, and Harris just had the rebound after Maxi misses layup, wide open, nobody around him, he misses it. They get another rebound. Maxi has an open reverse layup, he misses that one, and then eventually they get another offensive rebound and they get fouled. I and mean, what a, what a crazy sequence of events. And this was. This is one of those things where it's like, oh, 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 just like up and down, up and down, crazy roller coaster ride there. But after that, Onyeka Okongwu made a statement, just an absolute posterizer on Tobias Harris. They took the lead with that dunk, 119-118, and this was with two minutes and 20 seconds left. Another crunch time game that the Hawks were going to play in, and it was not the same movie. They ended up getting the win.
0: Yeah, and – you know, was the O-O oh, oh, on that dunk, it looked like a runway um, just because how f- far the floor was spaced at that time. He um, had, you know, nothing but uh, solid wood floor and, and the metal rim to go at. And, you know, he, he did not hesitate. Um, you know, moving on a little bit, uh, Tobias has a, a a layup. DJ ends up getting fouled. Um Tyrese Maxey goes on a run himself, and uh, th- this is a little brutal to say. He ends up, you know, torching uh, Dejounte Murray, going to the rim and dunks on him. And then the possession after that, he go- Dejounte comes back down the floor and takes one of the like, I I I I, I, I don't get it. Like the the mid range shot he took. Probably one of the most contested mid-range shots of the whole game, and like it just it, it fumbles me because there was zero passing, there was no screen. Like he wanted Maxi one-on-one, and Maxi shut him down. And yeah. then, come-
1: yeah, the Maxi Maxi torched him on one end offensively, and then that that possession, Dejounte kind of shoots. He he has that fadeaway mid ranger in his bag, but. He was pretty far away from the basket there, still about maybe 16-15 feet away. He shoots that patented uh fadeaway from the mid-range, but he's uh, probably a little bit further than he'd want to be for a turnaround. Uh barely draws iron there. Maxi comes down and hits a three. And the and this one at this point, the the 70s the 76ers were up four points. It looked like the same movie at that point. 54 seconds left. But Jalen Johnson comes down, gets an and one. For one, for, to put the Hawks up, to put the Hawks just down one, one twenty five, one twenty four.
0: Yeah, and this is where I questioned the lineup just a little bit. I felt like Bogey should have been in for this possession. I felt like you, the Hawks being down four, you you want your best three point shooter on the floor, um, and you know they decided to go with Bay in, in this case, and. You know, it turned out fine, but, um, you know, I, I me personally, I, I would have liked to see Bogey out there for that possession.
1: Yep, uh, I'm in agreement with that as well. But after after a couple of brutal possessions where Maxie was cooking them, the Hawks end up getting a defensive stop. Trey gets, uh, strips the ball away from Maxie when he drives on DeJounte Murray. The Hawks call a timeout after getting trapped in the corner with the ball. And then Quinn Snyder draws up – A great ATO. He gets Trey downhill coming off an inbounds play, and Trey drives, gets fouled by Maxi. But I, I think I think it cannot get overlooked how how good that out of bounds play was, just because it got the Hawks going to the basket instead of just settling for a three or settling for an iso possession from Dejounte or Trey.
0: Yeah, it was slap beautiful because what they did was they ended up running Trey on the far end of the floor. And on the way back, Trey was full steam ahead. And by that time, um, he got the ball kicked to him and he, he was wide open because whoever was guarding him had no chance of chasing him down, back down the floor. So, um a beautiful ATO from Quinn Snyder to to put this game into overtime.
1: Yeah, Trey ended up getting fouled there, and Max the the refs they called they called it, but uh, Nick Nurse challenged the play. It was still a foul. I definitely do think that was the correct call. And Trey ended up only hitting one of two free throws and sent it to overtime. You know, that's just one of those things where it's it's not it's going to be you you have a ninety percent plus three point. Free, free throw shooter at the line normally, but in those clutch situations, it can sometimes be nerve wracking. Trey only hits one, but he's going to say, "You got to hit th- two of those." Uh, especially in that in that locker room after after what you know he he puts on his shoulders every night when he goes on the floor.
0: Yeah, and uh, it didn't help. Uh, we've talked about Trey struggling with his shoulder. Um, it didn't help that whenever uh he got fouled maxi's knee um ends up colliding with that same shoulder and pushing it back really hard um you could tell why they were challenging trey had a guy on the bench um massaging his shoulder trying to get it to loosen up because you could definitely tell that it bothered him and he ended up missing the first one uh luckily he sank the second one and, and you know the hawks go into ot um I felt like in OT, um, you know, it was 130-129 Sixers. Uh, I felt like, you know, for the first couple minutes of OT, it was kind of that back-and-forth game, you know, where they go down and score, you go down and score. Not much defensively. And, you know, I think the Hawks in general, you know, kind of stepped it up from there.
1: They had one possession where they got the stop and – Onyeka had the board in his hands, but kind of fumbled it, giving the ball to Trey or, or, or whoever he was handing it off to. And then Tyrese Maxey comes in and steals the rebound off just a, a little Butterfingers moment there. And that that possession was just really deflating. He came down and hit a three. Uh, but after that, Maxey fouls out. And that was a huge moment in this game because the 76ers then really had to lean on Tobias Harris uh, to take them home as far as overtime and and after that they they really didn't do a good job of organizing offensively
0: yeah and uh onyeka Konglu had a monster block in overtime too on tobias harris at the rim um you know something that um we didn't bring up is oh in the fourth quarter uh picks up his fifth foul and um Quinn Snyder sticks with him. Uh, We've talked about this and, you know, how you don't want your coach fouling your own guy out where you want him to stay in the game and and play out his minutes. And, and man, Onyeka from that fourth quarter into OT, I felt like he just, in general, played really dominant but also played really smart. By not, you know, being um, overly aggressive, but still being aggressive enough, where if he did foul out, it was going to be on a real good contest. And, and uh, man, he he played really good in this, uh, definitely in the fourth and OT. Yeah,
1: that that block was huge. You love to see that. The the aggressiveness still there with the blocks, but but the smartness, like you said, um, and the Hawks close with bogey with a minute fifty left. Quinn Snyder brought in bogey to this game. And, you know, he he obviously spaced the floor left. And it was 132. It was tied with a minute left. The next thing you know, the, the Hawks get a stop. Jalen Johnson then is wide open for a three. And that'll, that'll hear similar from, to Hawks fans from last game. You know, Jalen was wide open for a three. Could have taken that easily against the Magic. He passed it up for a Sadiq Bey dunk. And that was a great decision then. But here, he takes the shot, makes the shot, it was 135, 132 Hawks, and then after that, Jalen gets fouled again after a great block from Onyeka Okonwu, and that was pretty much all she wrote. So the future frontcourt for the Hawks, the youth movement of Okonwu and Jalen Johnson really shown uh, showing what they can do at the end of overtime in this one.
0: Yeah, and we'll move on to the box scores on this one. Um, You know, we'll start out with Patty Mills. Patty had six minutes. He didn't shoot the ball any, um, zero points. I I felt like, you know, Patty came in and did his thing and kind of mixed it up with uh, Tyrese Maxey and just kind of gave him that different look.
1: Yeah, Trent Forrest in 19 minutes, uh, he was two of three from the field, 0 oh, of one from three for, and that three was uh, actually uh, a heave at the end of the quarter. But five rebounds, three assists, four points, plus six in the minutes. I thought, you know, we we keep talking about it, but in his minutes, he's really impactful. You don't get much o- offensive production out of him, but he's the Hawks' best perimeter defender clearly, and I, I think he, these these minutes that are close to twenty a game, maybe in the high teens, are are, are a solid role for him, and he should be getting those.
0: Yeah, I, I felt like uh, Forrest's defense was um, definitely needed in this game. Um, moving to Bruno, uh, 17 minutes, three for four from the field, five rebounds, eight points, um, three blocks, one steal. I, I felt like Bruno had a pretty decent game if you ignore the free throws. Yeah. Uh, he, he shot two for nine from the free throw line. Um but, you know, I, I felt like he brought a lot of energy in this game. I, I felt like defensively he wasn't bad. Um, I, I I was plenty happy enough with uh, Bruno Fernando's minutes.
1: Yeah. Bogey finished the game with 28 minutes, shot 7 to 16 from the field, 1 of 8 from 3 for 15 points, 2 steals, 4 assists, 2 rebounds. I thought Bogey was really good in this game, e- even though he didn't shoot as efficiently as he would have liked, even. I thought he, his impact was really good, especially his playmaking off the bench uh, when Trey went out. Uh, I thought, you know, a lot a lot of people will say, you know, Bogey's just a standstill shooter. You know, he needs to shoot the ball to be effective on the floor. And I think a lot of people underrate uh, his ability to pass and and playmake on the top of the perimeter. So I thought he had a, a pretty good night as well.
0: Yeah, I thought that, you know, bogey was impacting the game without filling up the box score in this one. Um, moving on to Sadiq Bey, uh, 36 minutes, 6 from 16 from the field, 1 from 6 from deep, 10 rebounds, 1 assist, 15 points. Um Sadiq definitely struggled from outside in this game. He hit one corner three, uh, and it was a very timely one too. Um, but you know, we, we've talked about Sadiq um, hitting threes. Like the Hawks definitely need him to you know to find that rhythm soon.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's been it's been a long shooting slump for, for Sadiq at the moment from beyond the arc. Uh, for DeSante Murray in 38 minutes, eight of 18 from the field, five of seven from. Five of seven from deep. You'd love to see that those numbers out of DeJounte. Four, four from the line for five rebounds, five assists, one steal, also 25 points. I thought DeJounte, he was really good in that third quarter. Uh, defensively, it was, it was a bit rough for him. But offensively, I think you got everything you wanted if you're the Hawks out of DeJounte Murray tonight.
0: Yeah, I felt like DJ was really good in this game. Uh, the fourth and overtime were really um... – you know kind of those outlier quarters for him but i felt like overall you know he played a really good game um moving to trey young uh 43 minutes uh trey <laughs> trey logged the minutes in this one for sure um, he played
1: the entire fourth quarter
0: yeah exactly and he went seven from 22 from the field uh, two from eight from deep uh 11 assists one rebound one steal one block um, 28 points I felt like, you know, Trey had a Trey Young game, I mean uh, I know 28 points Is, um, you know Kind of like where the, That's Trey's season average, you know And, you know, I felt like He was okay in this game He wasn't great, he he was just okay
1: Yeah, I think in the, fir- in the First half of the first quarter He was really good, then he kind of Slowed down for a bit, picked it up a little bit more In the second half, uh, but He's not shooting the ball well right now. That, that definitely could be in coincidence with his shoulder. Uh, so hopefully he gets that soon and, and we get back to to that efficient trade that uh, Hawks fans were used to seeing for, for almost a month straight when he was on that 30 and 10 streak he tied Oscar Robertson. Voroneka Kongo in this game 36 minutes, 7 of 10 from the field, 5 of 5 from the line, 11 rebounds, 1 assist, 2 blocks, both 2 huge blocks in the fourth quarter and overtime at 19 points. I thought Onyeka was really good in this game, uh, dominated the game d- defensively, and you, the the efficiency from the floor seven 7-10. You love to see that, especially when you have guys like Trey, Bogey, DeJounte setting you up for easy buckets.
0: Yeah, I th- thought that Onyeka uh, Kongu was phenomenal in this game. Uh, I, I thought it was a hard decision for us between uh, choosing between Onyeka and Jalen in this game. Uh, you know, for the player of the game, I, I felt like both of them were just great. Um, Moving to Jalen, 40 minutes, eight from 13 from the field, three for four from deep, six for six from the free throw line, 16 rebounds, seven assists, one steal, two blocks, 25 points. Jalen Johnson is on a tear and I love every minute of it.
1: Yeah, he's got, he's got to be Gotta be really, really in the future uh, plans for the Hawks. I know Hawks fans are already on the train for sure with Jalen Johnson. And he started to get more national, uh, national recognition for what he's doing. Uh, you you see StatMuse pages tweeting about him, and he doesn't have uh, an, an avatar yet on StatMuse, but he better have one soon because these games are, are getting close to the regular for Jalen, and he impacts the game in so many different ways. After after a poor first quarter, it, it was just like forget it even happened. And then he just impacted the game defensively with with blocks, steals, offensively, rim running, getting to the line, hitting all six shots, three or four from deep. So just so many different ways that Jalen can make a positive impact for the Hawks.
0: Yeah. And, you know, moving on to the Hawks' next game and our three keys, Um, the Hawks take on the Indiana Pacers again. Um, Friday night at State Farm Arena. You know, the Hawks got blown out last time they played Indiana. Um, So, you know, for my first key is get back on defense because the Indiana Pacers can uh, score at will.
1: Yeah, even without Tyrese Halliburton, you're going to have Andrew Nembhard. You're going to have Timothy John McConnell. These guys are going to push the pace a lot. So the Hawks really need to get back on defense. Second key, limit the Pacers to only one shot per possession. Uh, Even without Halliburton, Neesmith, Buddy Heald, Benedict Matherin, Andrew Nemhard, Jalen Smith, Miles Turner can really shoot it from outside. If you give up a ton of offensive rebounds, as as we all know, they they turn into threes many times in second chance points. So gotta limit the pacers uh, to only one shot and try to limit those numbers from the three-point line as you know they're gonna launch from downtown.
0: Yeah, and they're one of the best teams in second chance points in the in the NBA. Um, just because, you know, Miles Turner is so good at when he gets the rebound, not of always going back up with the ball, but finding the open shooter as well. Um, and, you know, and the third key is take advantage of mismatches. Um, uh, I feel like, you know, with Halliburton being out, um, the Pacers might actually be better defensively probably. Um, So I, I think the Hawks need to make sure, like they'll definitely get some mismatches in this game. Like if, if Jalen Smith ends up missing this game, Jalen Johnson uh, probably will have a pretty favorable matchup. And, you know, something, you know, I'd like to see as, as – um I'm becoming more and more of a Jalen Johnson stand uh, day by day. Um, I I, I want to see him attack every uh, mismatch he gets.
1: Yep. Um, McConnell's probably going to be guarding Trey Young. So DeJounte Murray, if he's guarded by Matherin, Buddy Heald, Andrew Nemhard, Aaron Nismith, maybe he might guard Jalen as well. But uh, if Jalen is not guarded by Neesmith, he's going to have a size advantage without Jalen Smith. So got to take advantage of that. And let's see if the Hawks can generate some momentum off this gritty win. And that'll do it for this episode of the Sports Ethos and Lena Hawks podcast. Make sure to follow this podcast wherever you get your podcast content like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can follow me on X at pinwizard 300 and follow Tim at TimHawks23. Be on the lookout to receive the latest Hawks coverage from us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you
0: in the next one. Peace. Peace.